Welcome back to West Bev. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. And this is your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast, where we break down every episode of the 10-season show. Today, we're talking about Season 3, Episode 7, Song of Myself. Mary, what happened this week? Donna, Brenda, and Steve volunteer to be senior buddies for this year's freshmen and transfer students. Steve is paired up with Herbert, a kind of nerdy-looking kid with a tiny ponytail. Brenda's buddy is Sue Scanlon, who she doesn't immediately realize is Scott's sister. Sue looks like a sweet girl until she emerges from a bathroom stall with a wild new outfit and a lit cigarette. Donna is, or Donna's is none other than Nikki with two Ks, who decided to move in with her aunt and transfer to West Beverly. Donna introduces Nikki to David, and Nikki pretends they didn't make out last summer. Brandon talks about how he missed going to school and then in the same breath also says he's not trying to work hard this year. He tries to quit the blaze, but Andrea won't let him. The new faculty advisor, Mr. Myers, a vaguely attractive older man, also won't let Brandon quit. Andrea follows Mr. Myers around spouting new ideas she has for the blaze. He tells her they can talk about all that stuff later at the organizational meeting that afternoon. At that meeting, Mr. Myers slightly criticizes Andrea's editing. Andrea tells Brandon she wants Mr. Myers to like her and thinks she's the best editor. Brandon tells Andrea she has a crush on Mr. Myers and also chill out because she's obviously so good at editing and Mr. Myers will realize that soon enough. Mr. Myers finds Andrea reading in the library and asks her if she thinks Brandon is a good leader. Andrea says Brandon will rise to any occasion when he's challenged. Mr. Myers says that the reason he asked is because he wants to make Brandon the editor of The Blaze since Andrea's done it for two years already. He tells her she will get to be the woman behind the man. Andrea's mouth says yes, but her eyes scream, fuck you, no. Mr. Myers tells Brandon he's the editor now, and he can also call him Gil. Brandon tells him he would rather Andrea be the editor because he wants to be lazy. Mr. Myers convinces Brandon with poetry. At the next newspaper meeting, Brandon asks Andrea for some editor work that she did while she was still the editor. Andrea asks Brandon to step into her office. She doesn't think this is going to work out. She had a lot of ideas for the paper that she worked hard on and doesn't want Brandon to take credit for her work, which is fair. Andrea tells Brandon the truth that he's a disorganized, inexperienced procrastinator who just isn't as committed to the blaze as she is. Brandon says he can he can do the job just as well as she can, and she says he can't expect her help. Brandon calls her egotistical, and they storm away from each other. Andrea tells Mr. Myers she wants to quit the blaze because it's some bullshit that she isn't the editor anymore. At first, she was more worried about being liked than she was about being who she really is, driven, assertive, and determined. She tells Mr. Myers he's sexist. Mr. Myers asks Brandon if he's really sexist, and Brandon tells Mr. Myers there's no way Brandon can handle all of this work on his own. The only logical thing to do is make Brandon and Andrea co-editors of The Blaze instead of just letting Andrea do what she's already been, what she's already proven she can handle. Kelly realizes she's in almost every single class with Brenda and Dylan, which is awkward because Dylan keeps trying to call her, but also won't stop taking every opportunity to make out with Brenda. After sadly watching them make out across the lawn, she decides to enroll in an art class, which requires her to rearrange her entire schedule. When Dylan helps Jim light his grill, Brenda decides he should throw a barbecue. They buy a bunch of groceries, and then Dylan tells Brenda he can't cook. Brenda tells him she'll help him get ready for the barbecue. She starts to clean and finds an earring on Dylan's couch. 
He lies and says it's his mom's, but then returns the earring to Kelly at school. With no one else to turn to, Kelly and David confide in each other about their infidelity issues. Steve is not a very good senior buddy to Herbert and gets mad at him for interrupting while he was trying to flirt with a girl. Later, though, he tells some bullies to stop messing with his freshmen. As David's manager, Steve has David's song pressed into a bunch of records so people at diners can listen to his music now. Bad advice, Steve is back and he tells David to keep Nikki around as a side chick. David tells Nikki he's going to tell Donna about their summer encounter right away, but then doesn't because Donna is busy. Nikki, assuming Donna already knows, thanks her for being so cool about what happened this summer. Donna hatches a plan to get even with David. Nikki pretends to seduce him at Dylan's barbecue, and he says, no way, I love Donna. Donna walks in on them and decides she's not mad at David because he wouldn't make out with a girl when she was right outside, as if that was at all the same thing as what he did last summer, but whatever. Brandon repeatedly runs into Nikki in the hallway and eventually introduces himself. Later, Nikki asks Donna if he has a girlfriend. Seeing Kelly looking all sad at the barbecue, Brenda vows to find her a guy as good as Dylan this year. What a way to end it. <laughs> like, okay, so a lot in this episode was kind of garbage, but I kind of loved all of it. I'm telling you, we just needed to get them back to school, back to <laughs> West just Bev. need structure. Yes. But yeah, the, like everything that happened with Steve made no sense. There was no point to any of it. I mean, he totally like regressed. Like <laughs> he was such a good Steve friend and a good like hot Steve summer and everything was great for Steve. You know, he was even like, you know, trying to be all cool and back out of going on a date with the other twin or something like that. I don't remember now because I don't like the summer episodes, but he has regressed so hard. He's like giving bad advice, treating people like they're bad, just crazy horniness when it comes to pretty much any girl. So God bless Steve. Like he didn't need to be in this episode at all. And I really kind of wish they hadn't put him in because like, yeah, none of it was good. Yeah. It was stupid. And honestly, the first time when he got the little like black freshman was Herbert. And he, yeah. he kept calling him Hubert, but his name was Herbert, right? Yeah. Like, as soon as that kid came on screen, I was like, mm, we've had episodes where Steve's kind of racist. Like, yeah. Ugh. Like, that was the first thing that popped into my head. So I was worried about it. <laughs> yeah. It was not a great look. And Steve's also real mean to freshmen. Oh, so mean. I mean, I guess he, like, saved him. He didn't even save him. He just, like, was there while he was getting bullied by abraham from walking dead and then was like hey man that's my freshman and then they're cool. i know they they were still like trying to play keep away and they were like hey steve join us and then steve caught it one-handed which was like cool steve <laughs> and then he was just like here's your attache case <laughs> yeah you really are a nerd aren't you yeah like that was like him catching it one handed was the only scene that was worth anything for Steve. Cause yeah, other than that, he gives bad advice about like just cheat on Donna. Why not? Mm -hmm. Which he would not say about his friend. I refuse to believe that because if he did, why would anyone be friends with him? No, totally. And I think we've honestly like seen Steve be a really good friend to Donna actually probably you know more than some definitely not you know as much as others but I mean at that um Halloween party when he was trying to get her to be her real self and like 
um, let go and like the whole stock market thing, like he, you know, she, he, I guess he eventually realized like, no, she's actually really freaking smart. So I just, I feel like out of all of them, if it was Kelly or Donna, I feel like those are the two that he would like almost, I don't know, like be a decent human about, but no, he was just like, deny, 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 like, yeah, keep lying to her. Why not have your cake and eat it too? And David literally was like, I don't want that. I know. And like, no, it just, it didn't feel real good for Steve. It's like they, they just need someone to be in that role. And I'd actually be really interested to see what like Ian thought about playing this person. True. The whole time. Yeah, that's a good point. And then, yeah, the only other thing he does in this episode is be like, David, I'm your manager. I got a bunch of 45s to stick in jukeboxes around L.A. I can't believe he got <laughs> the size for jukeboxes. Come on, Steve. <laughs> How many jukeboxes are really in this world? And, like, when you go to a jukebox, you put money in to pick a song. So how many people are going to be like, oh, I've never heard of this David Silver, but it's new, so let's listen to it. Right, exactly. And – I mean, I could literally see like Steve's wheels turning like back, you know, let's say he was thinking about what to do. And all of a sudden he's like, oh, my God, you know what? No one's probably doing that. I could we could own the market. We could get every jukebox here in Beverly Hills. It's going to be great. He's going to blow up like I can literally see him having this thought and thinking it's a brilliant idea. Also, in that scene. Like, while they're standing at the jukebox and David's like, okay, fine, you can do that, but don't put it into this one, which would be the only one where they could go put the money in and play it for people. Right. But he was like, he goes, Nikki thinks she's the first one to hear this. Donna thinks she's the first one to hear this. And Steve goes, you told me I was the first one to hear this. <laughs> I like that Steve is somehow David's other side chick. <laughs> I know. I was like, Steve actually seems like, wait a minute. <laughs> Like, uh, that's the Steve I want. Yeah. That yeah. scene in the Peach Pit is the only bit of Steve that I want. I don't want any of the other stuff that happened. Yeah. No, I agree. I definitely agree with that. But honestly, that's all that happens with Steve. Like, you're right. He really didn't need to be in this episode. He was more filler than anything else. I know. And, like, I do feel like they do that a lot in episodes where they're just like, oh, we have this whole main cast and all of these different people. Let's just write some lines for Steve. Like, right. no, Steve could just, like have been in Spanish class and be done with it. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I mean... It doesn't matter. It, it really doesn't. But I am happy they're back in school at senior year. You know, we're, we're going to see kind of like what personality comes out. Like if Andrea is still going to be the overachiever and the one who really excels and takes it seriously, who's going to be the laid back ones who don't really care but aren't really doing anything on purpose to like, you know, kick back or, you know, those who really truly don't care and like, kind of skip out I mean I think what's going to be really interesting because Steve I think maybe it was Steve and Andrea they were the only two that mentioned college for them um because Steve said he was doing senior buddies because he wanted something on his um college application or his resume or something and then obviously Andrea you know her whole stuff is obviously about getting into the best school that she can but I'll be really interested interested to see because I do remember who does and who doesn't go to college um, and what kind of journeys they have. That's one thing I actually remember. And so it'll be interesting to see, like, how that unfolds and what you guys think of it and how y'all kind of see what happens with who does and doesn't go to college. Well, yeah, because Donna has had bad grades in the past. David went to summer school the past two years 
so that he can graduate early. Um, I'm trying to think if anybody else has said anything about college. I mean, Brandon didn't say anything specifically about college, but he was talking about how he wanted to relax this year because he's worked his butt off and studied for the past three years. And I was like, but you haven't submitted your college applications yet. Yeah, I, that was kind of weird because it sounds like none of, them ha- none of them have. And I feel like, you know, that's a pretty big priority for those like who right now. Go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because I just thought that was really funny that he was like, I've been working so hard. And I was like, we're going to see you back working at the Peach Pit. Mm-hmm. And we know you're on the blaze. And I'm sure you're going to find some sport to do this year. To try. <laughs> yeah, so what? He's done hockey. He kind of did track. Um, they coached baseball. He didn't do baseball. And he's done basketball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder so if maybe- this year is going to be soccer. Oh, I wish. Me too. I still I still think it would be amazing if like Kelly and Brenda decide to go out for soccer or something. Yeah, or like they, volleyball or, like or something. Field hockey, especially <laughs> when Brenda finds out. Yes. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine? That's it just has to be something physical. Yeah. So that like they find out and then when it's like red versus blue. They go on opposite teams, and Brenda just, like, takes her out. Honestly, it would even be cool to do, like, powder puff football. Oh, that would be so cute. Yeah. Oh, I would love it so much. And, like, you know Nikki's going to be a character for at least a couple of episodes. She's going to date Brandon for a little while, I'm sure. Which, (laughs) as soon at the end of the episode, when she goes, is Brandon, does Brandon have a girlfriend? I was just like, oh, no, messy bitch. (laughs) Yeah. But also, like, like, you you don't care if he has a girlfriend, Nikki. You're just saying that for Donna's benefit. Yeah, seriously, though. Oh, my God. What if Donna threw that back at her and was like, does it matter? <laughs> I also, though, even though, yeah, messy bitch, I still want to be, like, kind of, like, run. Don't get close to Brandon. He sucks. <laughs> well, and, like, Nikki or Donna even laughs when she says it. And I was like, oh, Donna knows. Well, and, yeah, that was the thing. It's like, why was she giggling? Was she giggling because she knows, like, how bad of a boyfriend or bad of someone to date Brandon is? Or because, like, Nikki's kind of, you know, she's she's uh, she's not Donna. We'll just say that. And Or does she think it's funny that, like, immediately after this whole thing, she's, like, testing the waters with someone new. Like, who, why is she laughing? It, it was a many-layered laugh. <laughs> Donna is many layers. She is Donna. certainly full of layers oh my gosh well also the beginning of the episode even with donna um being like how long do you think they're gonna last with dylan and brenda and i was like what do you know yeah right my like i mean head went off like a light bulb i was like wait why why are you asking (laughs) well and because she does know about brenda and rick right oh fair Mm mm-hmm but she doesn't know about Kelly, obviously, because she's asking Kelly, like, how long do you think they're going to last? Yeah. But I was just like, Donna, are you an oracle? I mean, what if she was, like, a mastermind and, like, she really does know all and without Kelly even having to say anything and she's just, like, waiting for Kelly to tell her, tell her or, like, waiting for the shoe to drop between Dylan and Brenda? Like, what if she knows everything? Honestly, if she did, it would not surprise me at all. I'd be like, yeah, okay. 
that tracks for Donna. That's just Donna's character now. Totally. Like, 100%. I would totally buy it. Yeah, absolutely. And so then we see, you know, everyone kind of rolling into school and Brandon, like you said a second ago, how he's talking about wanting to kick back because he's worked so hard and, you know, woe is me and poor Brandon and all this. And then we uh, we hear David come over the intercom or whatever because he's doing the radio show and the morning news and all that. And he's talking about the senior buddies, blah, blah, blah. And then I spy with my little eye. Pans over to Nikki. <laughs> nose to the glass just like I'm surprised we didn't see her breath on the on the window (laughs) oh my god I was like I just started laughing I was like oh my god I know like it really I would love it would not fit in this uh show and anything at all but I would just love if she just like pined after David for at least like one episode where like every time he'd be standing talking to someone like it would slowly pan to the right and she would just be behind (laughs) him Honestly, you just be like, Ugh. you know what she kind of, she kind of looks like, remember that girl who was like interested in Brandon and she was a freshman and she kept looking like, I forget what it was, what episode it was, but you remember yes. her? Nikki kind of yes. reminds me of her. It was the one, that episode where Brandon met that 30 year old massage therapist or whatever, or no, <laughs> she was 23 and therefore old <laughs> and he was like weirded out about a 14 year old being interested in a 16 year old, but not him being interested in a 23 year old. Right. 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 No, it's interesting. Honestly, the first time that Gil showed up in this episode, I was like, Oh no. Yeah. Please no. I was immediately like on edge, honestly. Right. Like I didn't expect the whole sexism thing to happen, but I was just like, Oh Oh, please, no. Not again. And he's, like, an English teacher, and I feel like these, like, the fine arts and English and, like, drama and all those kinds of stuff are, like, really where they keep putting the male teachers. Well, yeah, because, like, if you think about it, um, there probably aren't as many male English teachers or male um, arts type of um, subject teachers. And, I mean, because you typically think of an English teacher as a woman, which is not true like I mean there are male English teachers but if you're thinking about like a stereotype I guess and so I think what they're trying to do is say oh look at this male English teacher he's so sensitive he's so well read he's so intellectual whereas if it was like a chemistry teacher you you know he might seem too logical or too calculated or you know standoffish or no it's wrong I don't know I'm just trying to think of like how they explain it which they also make him like mildly good looking right like I mean I'm not attracted to him but like I understand that he is one probably a better looking teacher well and yeah that was exactly it like I think Mary said it in the synopsis and like I wrote in my notes like mildly good looking yeah like he's not a total babe but he's not ugly yeah I wrote moderately attractive faculty aged man (laughs) faculty age I like that (laughs) But yeah, I feel like there's a reason why he's young and attractive and right? also a little creepy. He's a little well, creepy. And I looked and he's in like 13 episodes. Whoa. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, because yeah, like he's a little, it's just weird. Like it's the first time that he's talking to all these kids and he's like, Brandon, call me Gil. And then yeah. like he goes and has like a serious, like real close conversation with Andrea in the library late at night and like 
when she even goes up to him and is like, oh, I came up with all these ideas about like fixing the layout or the editorial process or whatever she says, she touched his arm. Yep. I saw that. Mm-hmm. Oof. And she touches it at school. I was like, that's so inappropriate. Yeah. I don't remember touching any of my teachers, like not even like outside of school or like if one of my teachers was a coach, like that didn't happen. Yeah. I don't remember. I think there's probably a good chance that like senior year. Yeah. I probably hugged like the theater teachers Mm -hmm. when I left. Like it was Mr. Dodson was our drama teacher and then his wife would be like really involved too because she would come over after her job and like help out at night so like Mr. Dodson and, and Mrs. Dodson like I'm sure I hugged them at some point but nobody else well and that was probably more like a goodbye or like a you know like a I'm a senior and this is like our last time together like whatever not like hey this is the first day of school and the first day I'm meeting you I'm gonna touch your forearm Yeah, it wouldn't be like I did costuming, so I wouldn't be like, oh, I want to talk to you about the costumes for, you know, uh, Annie, get your gun, like, touch your shoulder. Do you want to come look at the vests with me? Like, that wouldn't have happened. Yeah, there's there's just lines that you don't cross. Oh, I feel like we're all over the place. Um, Okay, so... Yeah, we see Nikki creeping on David in the background. And then when David sees her and it like flashes back to them making out. Oh my God, that was so good. (laughs) I laughed so hard. Yeah, the record scratch. I know. It was so perfect. perfect. It was so perfect. And yeah, just like that look of shock on his face is like, oh my God. Mm hmm. Well, and, and then like once we. I think this is when we find out the senior buddies, like, who they are, because you find out Steve has um, Herbert, Brenda has Sue, which we'll get to, and Donna, you don't see hers immediately, but, like, because of that, I 100% knew that Nikki was going to be Donna's senior buddy, or vice versa. Yeah, I mean, as soon as she said she transferred, Mm -hmm. I was like, well, I mean, she's going to get one of them as the senior buddy, and of course it's going to be Donna. Of course. Which, like... I I think it totally fit that all three of them would be doing this for their college transcripts and that Steve's the only one that said it. Yeah, true. Right? Definitely. But in that scene, did you notice Donna's dress? No, I didn't. It looks like a baseball. Like like an like actual it, it baseball? Was like, yeah, it was like a white dress and it had stitching that went like <laughs> In an hourglass shape. Weird. Like, you'll have to go back and see if you can – I'll see if there's, like, a screenshot of it. Like, she looked like a baseball. And I was like, I know this isn't on purpose. (laughs) But what? Yeah, Donna – I don't think she likes sports. Oh, yeah. It's, like, the main photo on IMDb. I'll send it to you right now. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I guess this is as good a time as any. If we haven't mentioned yet, we're still recording remotely because – isolation Mm -hmm. and everybody should stay home and just listen to our podcast and give us feedback and tell your friends but tell them virtually (laughs) tell us okay so i just sent it to you so you should see it in a second Uh aha oh it really does look like a baseball no that is a baseball she's in a baseball yeah that that is that's a baseball it's like a hundred (laughs) percent yeah i was like super paying attention 
to, I guess, the fashion this entire episode because between, like, that and all of the little, like, suits with shorts that her and Brenda were wearing and, like, I was trying to pay attention to if Brenda and Kelly were costumed in specific ways since they're in this whole, like, you know, triangle right now. I did notice that at the barbecue, Kelly was wearing a black shirt and Brenda was wearing a white shirt. Yeah, because... At some point when Dylan and Brenda are talking about like leaving campus for lunch and making out and Kelly sees them, she's in a white dress. And I was like, there's been a lot of white dresses happening, which just made me think of it. Like it's before, well, I guess it's right after Labor Day now, but I was like, I wonder if this has anything to do with anything. It might. Right. Like I was just thinking like if you're putting Kelly in a white dress Maybe you're trying to make her look, like, innocent and angelic and all of this stuff. And, like, Brenda's the one that's keeping Dylan and uh, Kelly apart. So she should be wearing darker colors. And she's already a brunette, so you know she's evil. (laughs) Well, just you wait till a certain brunette comes on board in a couple of seasons. Because she certainly is evil, but she's amazing. Isn't that where, like, we decided that that was going to be, like, evil Kelly? Yes, because she's even Kelly Kapowski. Yes, 100%. <laughs> um, but I yeah, wait. I also was thinking, and I don't know, I think this is an easy one to discredit, but I was also wondering if when Kelly was wearing white, if that is when Dylan would talk to her. But if she was wearing black, he wouldn't. Ooh, that would be interesting. But he saw, well, actually, hold on, I'm trying to think, because at the barbecue, they do see each other, but I don't remember if any words were actually spoken. No, there was. There were words. So, yeah. See, easy to discredit. I don't think Kelly and Day- or Kelly and Dylan talked at the barbecue. I know that she looked at him and then went off and sat alone. They definitely talked at school. Well, because remember when, and- like you said, the they were sitting down to eat lunch and they were debating going off campus and Dylan sees Kelly from afar, or I'm sorry, Brenda sees Kelly from afar. It's like, hey, there's Kelly. And oh, wait, but that's the opposite now because Dylan's like, just leave her, let her go. And she was wearing white. So never mind. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, this whole episode, like, it's really just enforcing how annoyed I'm getting at Dylan. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, they find out that they're in Spanish class together and he like gets Kelly to sit down next to him and is like, well, I tried to call you, but I hung up when David picked up, which like already makes it seem like you're trying to sneak around and he's not respecting her when she's like, this is over. I don't want to do this anymore. You need to leave me alone. You're with my best friend. And then every time Brenda comes around, they're making out in front of her and then he's like, but I still want to be with you, Kelly. Yeah, he's clearly trying to like have his cake and eat it too i did love though how despite everything else kelly still maintains a little bit of humor when she's talking to him because like she straight up calls him a hard breather um when he calls and hangs up and then when um brenda finds the earring and dylan brings it back to her she's like well guess i'm not wearing those anymore and just like throws it in the bush (laughs) I left. So she's like, oh, thanks. I was looking for these. And he was like, well, Brenda found them. And she's just like, well, <laughs> yeah, done with those. Exactly. So Didn't it's like, like these anyway. Right. So it's like she's still kind of got that like 
you know, she's still Kelly, right? Like she's still, she's avoiding things. She's kind of keeping her distance. She's trying to, you know, stay close to Donna, all that. But I'm glad she still has her humor. Um, even though like, this is like, I can't imagine how she feels right now. Like this sucks for her. It just does. No, like when she's in her room later and just like stress power lifting those little weights little while teeny. she complains. Yeah. I was like, I relate to you so much right now. <laughs> I know. Like, I understand. I know. But honestly, like what? Like, God, she and Kel- or, uh, she and David just giving each other advice on their infidelity. Terrible. I mean, it's like. Since we're all over the place, it's a little hard for me to get my thoughts together, but it is kind of funny that, like, the two of them are talking so much because we've used the phrase, have your cake and eat it, too, multiple times referring to the situations that both of them are in. Like, Dylan actually wants to do this, and Kelly's the one saying no, and then, like, David is still trying to hide everything from Donna, and everyone else is like, well, just go with it, and he's the one saying, like, no, I can't do this. I know. It's interesting. yeah, I mean, like, as much as I still just don't like David, I, it's not even that I don't like him. At this point, I'm neutral on him. I just don't care. That's fair. Like, I think they spent, like, the first season making him so freaking creepy. And then, like, the second season got weird with Scott. And, like, this season, he's just, like, he's just David. He's you know, Kelly's little brother, he's dating Donna, he's in the group, he's, you know, I think the thing is, I don't know, I don't know what it is about him, I just don't really, like, care that much. Yeah, I mean, he's just kind of there, right? Like you said, he's more known as Kelly's stepbrother and Donna's boyfriend, and I think they're trying to give him a semi-interesting storyline with Steve trying to manage him and him doing music and stuff like that. And obviously he's kind of like, he's almost a little bit of a narrator because he's in the DJ booth or whatever at school. But Mm -hmm. I do think once he gets a legitimate storyline, it'll change things, right? Because I mean, he sticks around the whole show. So eventually, you know, we got to get something or else he's, he might as well be relegated to like a guest character or like a recurring character, not necessarily a series regular. And you know what? Maybe the issue I'm having is that, like, they spent so much time with him as, like, the annoying freshman and his friend was Scott and he was trying so hard to, like, break into that friend group and then it got really weird with, like, him trying to skip up a grade and abandoning Scott and then, you know, Scott's whole exit from the show and, like, it kind of feels... Like what Outlander did to Roger, where like he sucked in the first season. And then they were like, oh, we need to pull back on that because he's a major character. Oops. I can see it. I mean, yeah, like they're trying, like, I mean, as funny as it is, they're trying to make David happen and it doesn't feel like it's going to happen. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, it's, yeah, they made him a little too annoying and too creepy and too little brothery to now all of a sudden be like oh yeah no Dave is cool like he's fine because even Donna was like guys no he's really sweet he's a good guy and like I guess but we were kind of like the other friends where we were like but like where's the proof you know like you spent this whole season and a half basically making him super weird and annoying now we're supposed to just like embrace him yeah and that's really the thing is like 
they just expected everyone to be like, oh, well, Donna said he's good, so I guess he's good now. Because, like, yeah, Kelly was envisioning him going on panty raids into her room, and he was taking pictures of them at their slumber party and, like, filming them. It's, like, it was just weird, and I know a lot of that, especially, is looking through this, like, 2020 filter of, like, that's not okay, and you can't do those things, because they used to have that very, like, boys will be boys mentality. Mm-hmm. And I... I don't know. I mean, I have to get over it, yeah. right? Like he, like you said, he's in the entire series. I have to get over it. But like I don't care when he was like, "Yeah, but my problem with Nikki and Donna." I was mm-hmm. like, "I don't care." Yeah, just like tell her or don't tell her, but stop complaining. <laughs> <laughs> I do love though that Kelly was like, "Well, you just have to come clean." And he was just like, "Really?" <laughs> I have to come clean? I mean, it's totally fair like that's why I said it's like so bad that they're having to give each other advice I mean because it's like pot meat kettle right like no matter what the other says it's like okay you should take your own advice then yeah no I mean that's absolutely true it's just and I I really hate that it all worked out for him in the end that made me so mad yeah it was really weird again it's kind of like that difference between men and women where if a guy cheats you know, it, it's the other woman who's bad, right? Which, and, and, and in this case, like, Nikki wasn't, bl- like, she didn't have the blame placed on her, which is good. But still, it's like, David, you know, got unscathed, but here we are in the other side of things where, you know, the, the whole Dylan and Kelly situation, and now Kelly's the outcast. It's it's just a little ridiculous. Yeah, it's actually going to be really interesting to see how Donna reacts when she finds out about Dylan and Kelly. Because I think like what bothered me the most was she finds out from Nikki and she's like, well, you guys, did you guys sleep together? And Nikki's like, no, 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 we just kissed. Which I feel like saying we just kissed is like a little disingenuous because they made out hard. True. Like, I don't know. I just feel like it's a little disingenuous. Like, yes, both are kissing, but like I feel like there is a sub-definition of making out versus, like, a kiss. True. Um, And then Donna, like, plays a prank on David and makes sure that he doesn't go for it when Nikki throws herself at him while she's outside, and that's it. But, like, how mad was she when she found out her mom was having an affair? Like, True. It's different, you know, with it being a parent versus it being your boyfriend of, you know, like, six months or whatever – But, like, it doesn't seem right that she was so upset about infidelity before and then was just like, oh, somebody cheated on me? I'm not mad. He's cute. Well, and it's almost like they tried to explain it away by Nikki saying, like, well, don't worry. Like, we tried – I tried to go further and David was like, no, I can't do that because I don't do that. Like, it's uh, (laughs) – Like, okay, cool. Like, you get a gold star for not getting a handy, but you still kiss someone else. Like, you still cheated. Yeah, that's, like, it's not like she just kissed him. It's like they were making out. And also, Kelly hid this from her. Other people have known about it. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like Donna's never going to find out the extent of this, and it just, it bothers me. Yeah, that's true. Like, I feel like she should at least have been mad at him for the rest of the episode. I mean, and honestly, like, now that you brought up her parents, it's like, David should have thought about that. Like, because he was there when she found out and had to, like, 
pick up the pieces, you know, with her, like help her be okay and like confront her mother and stuff. It's like he he should have known better than anyone other than maybe Kelly about. Well, no, because Kelly was with the band or whatever, other than Brenda, then how big of a deal that would have been had she found out. Yeah. And I mean, I think this is, you know, maybe another thing in the whole vein of sexism in this episode of like Donna's not mad at David. But she was really mad at a woman before. And, like, I do think she'd be really pissed at Kelly. Which, it is a little different when she's going to find out about Kelly and Dylan. Because she's going to be like, well, you're Brenda's best friend. And you made out with him repeatedly. But at the same time, like, it shouldn't matter. Well, yeah. And she knows about Brenda and Rick. So it's like she'd have to be mad at both of them. But, you know, whatever. Like... We're splitting hairs. We'll get it was there. Just, that was thing. It was just weird, and it felt really disingenuous for Donna. Like, everything else where she was like, no, I'm going to be a really good senior buddy, and I'm going to drive her to the mall, and, mm-hmm. you know, asking weird questions like, when are Dylan and Brenda going to break up? <laughs> yeah. Like, all of those seemed on brand, and then her just being like, no, I'm not mad at you for cheating on me, and now Nikki wants to date Brandon? Ha, 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 ha. Yeah, that seemed off. It was weird. But elsewhere in Beverly Hills, suddenly Dylan's cool with the Walshes. I noticed that. I was like, oh, I guess he's just back in the Walsh fold now. Yeah. Like, he's just, like, helping cook, and they're making jokes, and he, like, squeezes Jimbo's shoulders, and, like... He's invited to dinner and which I was like, can we get a little bit of a story here? I mean, the only thing we get is I think Brandon's like, oh, what a difference a summer can make. Well, and that's really it is like Jim hasn't seen him for what's that? I think they were gone for six weeks. Yeah. So Jim hasn't seen him for six weeks. And then when Brenda came back, she was just like, I don't understand why he's not here. And they're like, well, she didn't yell. She grew up. (laughs) Let's call him. And he's not like, I remember that time you threatened to accuse me of rape. It's just, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I think I'm fine with it because I like the Walsh's being cool with him. Mm -hmm. And I do think that like everything got really blown out of proportion basically since the Mexico episodes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just like everything just feels disingenuous in this entire episode. I think that's my word of the week, I guess. Because like he's he cheated on Brenda. He's still calling her best friend and he's showing up to have dinner with her family. I think that would be totally different if like Dylan wasn't still attempting to like get in contact. Like if if Dylan had done what honestly what David did and didn't have any other, you know, connection to her and was like completely shocked to see Nikki in school um and even like to Kelly's extent too like I mean obviously they 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 made out and kissed and stuff like repeatedly over the summer but then once Brenda was back Kelly was like all right this is over like this is done and she wasn't trying to call him she wasn't trying to do any of that but then Dylan was I feel like if he it, it would be we would still be mad but if he wasn't still trying to have both his girlfriends you know it would be different. Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah, because that's when he decides to help Jim light this fancy ass barbecue that he got. Um, and Brenda's just like, oh, my God, male bonding. They lit fire. <laughs> D- 
Dylan must know how to cook, which like y'all have been together for like two and a half years. How do you not know that he doesn't cook? Seriously, though. I mean, you even went on the camping trip together. You went to Mexico. Like you you literally lived with him for like a hot second. Yeah, he buys frozen burritos. Exactly. And then they buy the food and bring it back to his house. And then she's like, wait, you can't cook? And he's like, no, Bren, I can't. (laughs) You've never seen – I've told you this repeatedly. We were at the store and I said, (laughs) I don't know how to make steaks. And you put the steaks in the basket anyway. (laughs) Yeah, I don't understand why he agreed to do it. I mean, yeah, like she could have easily just like been like, it'll be fine. We'll figure it out. But then she realized – like she has a big epiphany. Wait a minute. You were serious about that basically? (laughs) So weird. You were serious about that? Oh my god, that's very like it I just want you to say it like Joe Pesci and my cousin Vinny. Oh gosh, I don't think I can. I know, I just wish you could. <laughs> I will never attempt that accent in a I'll, recorded setting. Yeah, maybe I'll try it in private and then if if I get good enough, I'll bring it back up. Cuz I forget what yeah, like, what I was good at that I actually did bring out on air. Oh my god, I don't remember. Was it like I think it was like goofy? Or like maybe it was Mickey Mouse. Maybe I've just heard that at some point. I think it was Mickey Mouse. (laughs) I don't remember. Oh yeah, it was. I think it was almost definitely a Disney character. Yeah, for sure. But I don't remember which one. Well, it ain't gonna be Joe Pesci. (laughs) But that oh, that movie's so quotable. Maybe I'll watch that tonight. It's not like I have anything else to do. Yeah, for real. Um, but I do think it's really cute that like they decided to have a friend barbecue and have everybody over and I mean, they'll figure it out. Yeah. Like that was definitely something that we did in college where like, you know, we bought the briquettes and we bought stuff for like burgers and then we got outside and we were like, does anybody know how to light a grill? (laughs) And those are like the good memories, right? Like those are the things that it's good to have that group of friends and you kind of like, okay, we're all back in the same place. Like let's have a you know, back to school, a little party, get together. And then, and those are the, those are the good memories that you're going to remember as you go off and do your own thing. Well, yeah. And like, this is, you know, an episode that ends with everybody actually together because Mm -hmm. in the last episode, I got really excited that everyone was ending together. And then I was like, wait a minute, Kelly's not here. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, you know, she is still sitting off to the side and like super depressy, which completely understandable, but at least she's there. Yeah, she was invited and she was there. Yeah, and it's not like she's not there and then Dylan shows up and they have to have another talk. And, like, again, I'm just getting really tired of the talks. I don't care about Dylan and I hated so much that Brenda was like, we'll find you a guy just like Dylan. And Oof, like, he's yeah. a piece of garbage. I know. He doesn't deserve either of you anymore. Like, I know. I don't even like the eyebrow scar anymore. <laughs> oh, I still like it. And I thought this episode, I was like, his haircut looks nice. <laughs> no, they, I, all of them. I've been turned off by all of them in this episode. That's fair. I mean, it was already not a question with Brandon and David, but then Steve being such a douchebag. And his mullet and then, is way too long. I was noticing that in like that very first scene. I was like, it's getting a little long, buddy. Mm-hmm. Like, you can afford a haircut. <laughs> yeah. And a good one. Yeah, you should do that. Because, I mean, they didn't keep Brandon's mullet. I don't understand why Steve gets to have one. Yeah, seriously. We only saw Brandon's for the pilot. Mm-hmm. Although I have heard that, like, um, 
I don't know if it was like Aaron Spelling or Darren Starr or like who was it, but I guess there was a big thing about them like changing their hairstyles without approval. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if like they were mid-approval for Steve of like, well, what should his senior year haircut be? And be like, don't change it until we figure it out. And so he's just been letting it grow out. Yeah, maybe we'll see like a good old, you know, when – they all go to college or basically they just graduate from high school. We'll see like a refresh on everyone because they can finally look like the ages that they kind of are. (laughs) So. Oh my gosh. I know. Every time somebody posts something to be like, look how old all of these actors are. I'm like, I know. And I know it's rough. I mean, oh my gosh, that's, (laughs) we haven't gone in any sort of order, but that's most of the cast except for, Brenda and Sue and then Andrea and Brandon but I want to do Andrea and Brandon last since they had like the number one yeah you know yeah I agree and like Brenda and Sue wasn't really anything like that was also I think they just use this as an excuse to bring Scott back up or like make Sue worth it Mm -hmm. it was just weird because like every time I saw her I was just like no that's Maggie from the nanny Oh, that's what she's from. Yeah, I meant to look her up and I didn't. But yeah, yeah, that is what she's from. Yeah, because I think – I don't know when the nanny starts, but it starts after this. And I was like, man, she just looks like that. Mm-hmm. Like that's just her. Because, yeah, she shows up and she's like all, you know, cute little outfit. And then she's like, oh, I have to pee. And girls go to the bathroom together. So – they did that, and Brenda's like, yeah, you know, being a new student here was really hard, and, you know, da-da-da-da-da, and then Sue comes out in, like, such a weird outfit. Yeah, she's clearly trying to be, like, edgy or, like, rebellious or whatever, and she, like, starts smoking, and, and yeah, and then you find out later, you know, from Donna, because obviously the David connection there, but that the family took it really hard and just hasn't been the same since Scott and all of that. And yeah, like she's been rebelling and her mom's not dealing with it well. And like, I don't know, it was just weird. Cause yeah, the only times you see her are like then when she's wearing the super weird ass pants and then later she's with that guy with the super long hair and the like bold leggings. <laughs> oh yeah. Bold, and then, bold is the right word. I think the third time might be when Donna says something when she walks past and she's in like the black leggings and the like jean panties. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. It was almost like she was trying to look like a superhero, but like in reverse. It was like, it was honestly something I would expect out of like an SNL skit or that she's like a never nude. Mm Mm-hmm. She has to wear her jean cutoffs at all times. Yep. And yeah, she's just like, oh, I'm going wherever they take me. Ha 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 ha. The next time you see her, Brenda knows who she is, which like, come on. How many Scanlins are there in the world that you didn't even question it? Well, and like, it's not like this happened several years ago. This happened last year, like within a, like less than a calendar year ago. You've been to his house. Like people went to his funeral. They went to his memorial, Mm -hmm. like all of this stuff. And you have no idea. Also, I feel like it's really weird that David didn't have anything to say about Sue being there. Yeah, I agree. I think it would have made more sense for David to have been around to tell Brenda who it was, but they have nothing in common, so why would they be in a scene together? (laughs) Just the two of them. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I don't know where you could have fit that in, 
But I was just like, this is, you know, his best friend who shot himself in front of David and his little sister one year later is going to their school. You don't think David's going to go say hi to her? Right. Or like be on the lookout for her or something. Yeah. Keep an eye out for her, especially knowing that she's just running around with boys. Yeah. Like you would think even her mom um, would have reached out to David and been like, hey, you know, I, I know her class schedule. Like, you know, here it is. Could you just keep an eye out for her or something like that? Yeah. I just It was weird. And then, yeah, there's that last episode where she's, quote unquote, turning back into Susie Sunshine. And Brenda's like, I knew your brother. And she's like, oh, did you? And Brenda's like, well, no, which, but. Yeah, which is just another reminder that it was tragic, right? And that Scott didn't really have any friends at all. Well, yeah, and it's like, it's weird. And I fully anticipate that Sue was like showing up to his school a year after this happened is going to be a nightmare for me. Oh, totally. All these people are going to do this shit and they're going to be like, oh, I knew your brother. And you're going to be like, did you? Like, I'm glad she called Brenda out on it. Yeah, same. Mm-hmm. Also, she was definitely not actually smoking. No, not at all. That was such bad smoking acting. Well, because she's probably actually like the age she's supposed to be in the show. So she's probably like, I don't know what to do with this. So I'm just not. Curious now because I don't know when the nanny came out. The nanny name, Fran. Oh, it came out in 1993. I didn't realize. Oh, so like immediately after this. (laughs) Because this, um, I think this episode aired September of 92. Yeah, September 9th, 1992. Oh, yeah, your birthday. Yeah. Um, Okay, so let's see. How long has she been playing a teenager? Well, because I'm on her IMDb page, and it was, like, known for this, this, and then The Princess Diaries. Wait, really? Oh, she is, uh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Teen reporter Cassie. Yeah, I remember, like, she was from, like, Teen Vogue or something. Yeah, so she played a teenager. Well, I guess if she was from Teen Vogue or something, then probably not a teenager no she wasn't but like she was the one that was like when mia comes in i don't know how i remember this but mia comes in right before she's supposed to be like announced as the princess and she's like it had been raining and her hair's all wet and she's got her jacket on and then uh the reporter which is her she says something like she's in like a uh wet grunge kind of look like i remember her speaking into the oh microphone. that was her yes Oh, my gosh. Okay, so she was 14 when this episode aired. Oh, wow. So she was actually 15 on The Nanny when she played Maggie. Wow. Okay. I'm cool with that. But, yeah, so she was definitely not real smoking. No, for sure. Not yet, at least. Right. Um, And, yeah, I mean, that's really it for Sue. I actually just saw on her IMDb she's going to be in, like, four episodes of Sue. Oh, Okay, so we'll so see I'm her curious. again. For a little bit. Yeah. Um, They're doing a lot better of a job of just not having these one-off characters. Well, yeah, because even What's-His-Face uh, from the steroids episode mm-hmm. came back to play a bully. So at least, like, we see someone that has talked to Steve before. Yep, and Nikki came back, and now Sue Scanlon's going to be in a couple episodes, and then we learned that Mr. Myers is going to be in 13 episodes, so. Yeah, and... Wait, I'm actually really glad that they got What's-His-Face from the Steroids episode to come back because I think that helped that scene 
of right. like this guy already has a history with Steve and Steve standing up to him this time versus the last time when he didn't stand up to him. Mm -hmm. And knowing, you know, this guy already thinks probably very little of Steve and right. he's standing up for Herbert, mm -hmm. even though he calls him Hubert. Ugh, it made me so mad. It's just annoying. Like call him by his name. Um, and I mean, that's really it, except for speaking of Mr. Myers. Mm -hmm. I just wrote Gil, and then I really hated myself for just writing Gil. <laughs> yeah, he's Mr. Myers. Like we said earlier, he's the AP English teacher, but he's also the uh, faculty advisor for the Blaze. And he comes in and literally changes everything. He's like, I know I'm new in town, but I'm going to shake things up. And that starts with basically, like in the organizational meeting, he wants everything to change from layout to um, stories and things like that. But then he drops a bombshell that he actually wants Brandon, not Andrea, to be the new editor-in-chief of The Blaze. Well, and, like, what's so stupid about this and, like, actually gives Andrea's, you know, sexism challenge credence is that the first time that he meets them, Brandon's trying to quit The Blaze, and Andrea's just like, you did that last year, and you're not going to do it. Well, like, I know you say you want to, and I'm not going to let you. I know. And and part of me was like, just let him. Just let him. Just like, you know, he's going to come back. And obviously, like, that's annoying. And so that makes sense why she would push back and she'd be like, no, you're not. But I like he's not that good. Like, he's a horrible investigative journalist. He just writes sports. So don't get me wrong. I love sports, but it's not like it's features or like the main storyline. So just let him go. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing with a newspaper. Like, you have your local news, your sports, your, you know, you have different segments, and then you have a main editor. Right. So, like, I understand, like, I think it would have been more interesting, well, not more interesting, I think it would have been differently interesting, and, like, the sexism thing would not have been able to play a part at all if he came in and, like, just said, like, you all have to re-interview for your jobs. You all have to prove that you deserve the job. Right. And then I think that would have been an interesting other story. Like, I'm glad they went this way. But, like, yeah, you can't just, like, come in and see Brandon and be like, well, I don't want to be on the paper anymore. And then be like, he needs a challenge. I think he can handle the entire paper. Yeah, after knowing him for two minutes and his literal words are, I'm, like, done with this. Well, and yeah, then they go to – the organizational meeting and he calls her Andrea not Andrea which is just rude mm -hmm. and he's like well I read your first four papers and they sucked and she's like well there's a good reason for it and you should probably have read like one from each quarter or asked her yeah talk to her at all because this is after she came up to him and was like I have all these ideas and he's like cool bring him to the meeting and then did not talk to her about them at all exactly he just comes like it I totally understand, like, new leadership, you know, especially even with, like, you know, sports teams. It's like they come in. The worst thing you can do is change everything and just come in with your own mentality and your own thought and your way to the highway and you just implement it. However, there's nothing wrong with changing things, but you have to do it based on merit. So, you know, for example, let's say you've got this entire staff of the paper 
like you said, make them reapply or make them at least sit down and interview or talk about their strengths and weaknesses or talk about things that they've done. Because then you keep everything the same, but then you're working on it and you're getting to know your staff and you're actually getting to know these people instead of just assuming it's all bad based on four papers that you read and not understanding what to fix if it's a personnel problem, if it's a story problem, if it's you know, educating on writing, like for all we know, it could have just been like grammar errors. Like as far as we know, it could have, it was like layout and that's it. Well, and she even says like, oh, we had a whole new staff last year. So if you looked at later papers, you would see a better example of what we are currently. And the thing is, yeah, if he made everyone come in and re-interview for their jobs and Andrea showed up with all of this stuff, she would get the job because Brandon's not going to show up having done any of that work. He would have procrastinated because that's clearly what he does. And he would have probably asked for Andrea's help and she would have said no, like she did, because that's the right thing to do. And it would have been like completely proven. That's the thing is like he didn't even give her a chance. He didn't give anyone a chance to showcase what they've done, why it's done that way. He just assumed, oh, you're a guy I see on the paper. You just need a little help. So I'm going to put you in charge. Yeah. And like, I think, you know, this kind of goes with like a lot of things that have happened with Brandon when, you know, he ran for student body president, like Andrea kind of put him up to that. Mm -hmm. And then he didn't actually do any of the work. And then the other person showed up and was like, oh, yeah, I have all of these plans that I want to implement for the student body. And he was just like, oh, we were supposed to have plans. Right. Who told us we had to have? I thought this was just a figurehead. Yeah. We had because even after the organizational meeting, Gil's like, oh, should we let Brandon in on our big news? And Brandon's like, you you were a part of this, Andrea? But, like, he would have known. And he does go back to Gil later. God damn it. I hate it. I, hate <laughs> I keep saying it. Um, but he does go back to him later and is like, I, th- I don't think I should have this job. Yeah, which it's stupid that it took him. Like, I, okay. So when Gil, God bless America, (laughs) (laughs) when Mr. Myers originally um, comes up to Andrea in the library and makes the suggestion, I really hated that she didn't step or speak up for herself. However, totally understand because. Oh, yeah. When she just goes. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, you know, he's he's in a position of authority. She is trying to impress him. She's trying to give him the benefit of the doubt, probably, even though he hasn't earned that. I do I so so I get it and she makes up for it later by actually standing up for herself and she makes really valid points and stuff and and all of that is good but trying to remember what my point was um oh my point was just that I hated that it took Brandon telling Mr. Myers that he wasn't like prepared or ready or didn't even want the job like it's still the fact that it still came from a male voice not the person who was actually qualified, not the person who had had the position, not the person who had tried to show and tell that she was the most qualified and she earned that role. It was a man, you know, like it came from the man. And I hated that. Oh, yeah. Because I mean, even when he comes up to her at the library and he's like, well, I think we need to give Brandon this chance and like really push him. And you can be the woman behind the man. Yeah. Like, are you serious? I I was just like, no. Stop it. I was like in the middle of typing and then my head like snapped back up to the TV and to make sure I heard it right. Like, like 
that is a line that like I I wanted to throw something. I was like, I'm and then he has the audacity to ask Brandon if he's sexist. Right. Oh my god. I haven't even gotten to that part yeah, yet seriously. in my brain. Like I can't ugh. Cause yeah, after so he does that to her. Then they go to the meeting where she like tries to call him out that like we don't have a full example of what I've done as an editor. Mm-hmm. Which is a huge issue because yeah. he hasn't done his research on her. He's just decided that looking at those same four editions uh, that he didn't like, that somehow Brandon is qualified for this. Has he even seen Brandon's resume? Like, what he knows is that Brandon, well, I guess, like, those one of those four issues probably would have had something about the steroids from last season. But I wonder. still, like, I mean, that's not the point. It just made yeah. me think of it. Yeah. yeah. You're right. You're right. It's not the point. Well, I want to um, say like one little interjection because I know we're going to keep moving with this plot, but the whole woman behind the man thing. So it made me think of my favorite television network, the CW. And uh, <laughs> so in Supergirl, Lena Luther, she's obviously a Luther. She's the adoptive sister of Lex. And so she has been trying her whole life to separate herself from the Luther name. Um, and she's like this incredibly smart badass like she runs her own um company called luther corp and she's extreme she's like a basically a scientist like in every kind of science imaginable she's super smart and i forget who it was that was talking to her but they were basically trying to you know kind of one-up her or be sexist or whatever and he ends up saying um you know behind every man is a brilliant woman and she goes well i wouldn't know because i've never stood behind a man and it just made my heart like sore because I'm like, yes, Lena, be the boss, like be, you know, the strong woman that you are. And yeah, it made me think of that this episode because of that stupid, stupid sexist comment. No, it it infuriated me so much. And then it just like keeps going. Yeah, that's the like, thing. It keeps going. And like, like Brandon wasn't there for the woman behind the man thing, but then when she shows up and he's like changing the layout and he wants her opinion on it. And she's like, no, it's not my job anymore. I'm not going to do that. And then he's like, oh, I also need all of your notes so that I can read over them and I can implement them and all that stuff. And that's when she's like, can I see you in my office? (laughs) Yeah. And they step out into the hallway. Like, I'm so glad I'm not the only one that picked up on that. I was just (laughs) like, I even wrote it. I was like, can I see you in my office? I just love it. It's, it's the best. It's one of the most subtle, non, like, it was not on purpose at all. And we've just taken it and run with it. It's so funny. It's so good. And then, like, it literally is like she took him into an office and shut the door because she lays into him and is like, I'm the one that stayed up until 2 o'clock in the morning doing this. I am the one that had to handle all of this. I am not giving it to you. I lost my job. You suck. And then he calls her egotistical. Right. Which is so unbranded. I, it really is because like I, I do love that she finally was like because you know she usually placates Brandon or at least is you know kind of has like her Brandon colored glasses and kind of keeps things like positive about him even when he has like insane flaws but I love that she straight up was like you procrastinate you are not good at this you are not near the level that I am like she straight up calls him out and is like you you really don't get it, do you? Like, I am way more qualified than you are or could ever be. And then he has the nerve to freaking call her egotistical. I could not. I could not. 
you know what? If she has an ego, she at least earned it, Brandon. Exactly. She has the proportionate ego to what hers actually is, whereas he thinks he is a god among men. Yeah. Well, and then, like, she, like, takes that rage, which I'm a little mad it took Brandon to bring it out in her, but at least it's there. And then she's in the AP class and Mr. Myers is like, Andrea, will you stay after? And he's like, why are you shooting me, you know, daggers all uh, class? And she's like, why aren't you calling on me? He's like, well, I knew you knew the answers. And like, that does feel like a very teacher thing. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I love when she calls him out on being a sexist and she's like, why is a man assertive and a woman pushy? Yep. Why is uh, a guy tough and a girl a bitch? Girl, you know. (laughs) <laughs> what my quote of the week was then <laughs> i i feel like it's turned into a game for me that i now want to guess your quote of the week before you have a chance to say it <laughs> go for like, it i just want to be like that's it yeah no i i actually typed out almost the whole conversation it was literally like you're teaching the male how to be a leader and the female how to be a team player and mr meyer says if you're implying that i'm sexist you're dead wrong and then andrea says why is it we call a male assertive and a female pushy why is a guy tough and a girl a bitch what would walt whitman say about that gill and i was like fucking mike drop like oh man it was so good and, like, seriously, him constantly quoting Walt Whitman made me hate him so much. I was like, I don't think I have a reason to be mad at Walt Whitman, <laughs> but you sound so pretentious. Yes. Yeah, like the the stereotypical pretentious e- uh, English teacher quoting a very easy or, like, easily quotable um, poet. Like, give me a break. And then – he goes to Brandon and is like, am I a sexist? You don't think then, I'm sexist, do you, Brandon? And then their answer to it is to make them co-editors. <sighs> what the fuck? It, it is the... It is, it is infuriating. It is so infuriating. And that, you know, nearly 20 years later, we're still... Or 30, God bless. 30 years later, we're still fighting this same thing. Because what they did by making them co-editors was say, okay, Andrea, you will work twice as hard to get half the credit. Literally. You have proven yourself time and time again, and we're going to take it away from you to give it to a man. Who has not earned a shred of any of that title. Didn't want it. It's... Now I'm rethinking my grade. (laughs) I know. I gave it such a – I – Honestly, like, let's I mean, be real. Like, I loved everything else. And then there were things about this storyline that I loved. Like, for example, Andrea standing up for herself. The fact that the writers wrote those lines for her to say. But they also, just as much as they wrote those lines, they wrote that they would be co-editors. And they wrote that, you know – Gil, fucking Gil, is asking for Brandon's advice on if he, an adult male, is sexist, asking another teenage adult or teenage male. Like, are you kidding me? Like, pick a side and push it. Don't just try to, like, I I don't know. I don't know. It's infuriating. Yeah. And, like, so it's, I guess, I mean, I'll go ahead and tell you, I gave it a B for birthday because I have to make everything about me if I can. Um, but I think, yeah, like, I think I'm actually going to keep the B because as much as I hated some of these things, I think a lot of it was really on brand for the characters. I think a lot of it was, 
um, like propelling the story along and like really, you know, keeping everything together. I liked the idea that like, if you're bringing characters in, like we've seen Nikki before, we've seen what's his face from the steroid episode before. We know Gil is going to be in a lot of these episodes for this season. Like Mm -hmm. as much as I hate the co-editor thing, like we've talked about it, this was the sexism episode and I think it actually makes sense that if they're going to be sexist, they didn't get wrapped up with a neat little bow. I think true. I think it's better in my mind that this is still hard. Yeah, and th- that's a great point. I I don't think there's a reason these topics are tough. There's a reason that racism and sexism and um you know, talking about sex and there's a reason these are called the tough episodes. And you're right. Nothing is, is so black and white that you can just, you know, have this tough problem and then wrap it up at the very end and be like, oh, shucks, you know, thanks. You know, glad we figured this out because clearly it's not that simple. Um, As simple as you or I might, you know, you and me and Mary might want to believe it could be that, you know, the equality is simple, but it's not because, you have to think of everything that's been ingrained in people for so long and, and, you know, not everyone can change just like that or change their minds or whatever. So that's a good point. I mean, I just hope we get the chance to see it move in the right direction and not move backward because that to me would be way worse than even having an episode about it to begin with. Well, I mean, you know, as much as I want that, like think about what just happened with the women's soccer team. Like, 30 years later we're still dealing with shit like that like Mm -hmm. I just you know it would be great if we saw some progression through these episodes and maybe we will but I do think that you know especially when you look at Beverly Hills and they have these like a very special episode you know I think this is an idealist idealistic world where like if this show happened now and somebody did this to Andrea she would raise something about it. And when yeah. they were like, well, we'll make you co-editor, she would just be like, well, I have, you know, a, a you know, counter offer. Mm-hmm. Kiss my ass. Right. Yeah, there'd be a fight. Yeah, she would not just like, oh, okay, I'll be co-editors with my good friend Brandon who didn't deserve it. Mm-hmm. Like, no. So I'm going to stick with my B and just – be mad about it for the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean I I still gave it a B minus and that was my grade. I'll I'll keep it too and the minus could be heavily focused on all the stuff the I could Yeah, and all the stuff I complained about. I mean cuz honestly like like I said, I'm just happy they're back in school. The school episodes are the better episodes anyway. Um besides when they're all together like on the camping trip and stuff like that, but um, but that happens during the school year. Right, exactly. And so I'm just glad we're not at the beach club anymore and we get to see them all interact with each other and go through senior year together. So I'm I'm really excited about it. I think now that we're back in school, we'll get to see good episodes more consistently. And like you said, this episode kind of moves some plot points along and that's always good to see too. So um, I think this, this season is another long one because I think they all are basically at this point. But um, but yeah, we'll see. we'll see what happens. Um, we heard my quote of the week, like I said, B minus for me. Um, but yeah, that, that wraps it up for me. Um, yeah, I mean, that wraps it up for me on the episode. We did get an email yesterday that is so wonderful and she talked about being an identical twin. So I'm really excited about it. 
Super excited about that. Yeah. I mean, we've been dying to get some identical twins to listen or at least one of them to listen just to give us a little bit of information because that's just a subject area we don't know a lot about, even though I'm a twin, I'm fraternal. So that basically just means I have another sibling. So yeah. Well, and so like she says in it, um, on a side note, I'm an identical twin. We live in different states and pursue different careers, but she's still my best friend and we have a very strong bond. We have a strong bond. Uh, we've had a few psychic moments, like the time we were living on separate continents, which is super interesting, and I love that. And I dreamt she was complaining to me because people mix us up, and I told her to cut her hair, and the next day I got a letter from her telling me about her new haircut. Yeah, that's crazy. That's awesome. Yeah, like, crazy awesome. Crazy awesome, for sure. I'm I'm so happy that we have a twin listening to us. Oh, my I gosh. Know. And I love she was like – she goes, Steve has improved in multi- on multiple viewings. Brandon and his gum smacking and brand splaining has become annoying. I'm glad. I never made it through the <laughs> – Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, she goes, I never made it through the whole series, but I'll stick with it if the three of you do. Which, oh, yeah. Like, I just – in solidarity. Heck, yeah. We can yeah, do yeah. it. Yeah. No, I love that our brand splaining is catching on. That well, makes me happy. And it's so true. The gum smacking <laughs> yeah. and the man, the brand splaining. It's, yep. ugh, it's, it's nails on a chalkboard. Like, oh, it's perfect that we got this right before we recorded the sexism episode. And just like, ugh. So should him. we, uh, should we trademark or copyright brand splaining? <laughs> <laughs> we absolutely should. Yeah. I mean, if Tom Brady can try to do what, like terrific Tom or Tom terrific or whatever, then we can do brand splaining. Sorry, Michael, but not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that's it, right? Yeah, that was all. I think we touched on everything. Um, yeah. Yeah, so next week, it'll be season three, episode eight. This one's called The Backstory. So, who knows? Maybe we'll get some backstory on Nikki. Maybe on Sue Scanlon. Maybe it has nothing to do with backstory. Maybe it's about someone's back. Like maybe someone gets a back injury. I don't know. Yeah. Ugh. We'll find yeah, out though. Until then. Until then. Keep sending us emails. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We also had somebody tweeting at us and they were talking about um, what I like about you, which is just another show that we have to add to our list. Oh, Totally. Like, I feel like I want to rewatch it now. I mean, again, I have a lot of time. So I know. maybe I'll just buy the whole series and I'll start watching it. It was so funny. And now, again, I'm going to make another CW reference, but Legends of Tomorrow has Nick Zano in it, who was in, I think, all the seasons of What I Like About You. And he was so funny in that. And he is so funny in Legends. So all the more reason to watch What I Like About You and Legends of Tomorrow and just CW in general. Oh, yeah. Just watch the CW in general. <laughs> CW. Uh, I don't know. Sponsor us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Pay us for how much we talk about Riverdale, please. Yeah, I promise I'll keep talking about Supergirl and Legends. And well, I can't talk about Arrow. I can still talk about it. It's just not on anymore. But I'll talk about all of it. I freaking love the CW. I was going to say, I can talk about, you know, Jane the Virgin and Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Oh, Lord. I forgot about Jane. Oh, my God. Yeah, we can <sighs> definitely talk about Jane. How do you forget about Jane? Oh, I kind of put them out of my mind after I watched it because it was so emotional and I was so heartbroken that it was over. It's like it ended perfectly. I never have to think about it again. <laughs> yeah. I, it hurts too much to know that there's no episodes left. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, for this constant, amazing pop culture content. 
Oh, yeah. Follow us on social media. Send us emails. Subscribe. Like. Review. Tell your friends and family. Yeah. I mean, if we're going to let brand planning, you know, spread like wildfire, we uh, we need you to give us reviews on iTunes. <laughs> and, yeah, I guess other than that, we'll see you all next week. Sounds good. So, yeah. Stay safe, everyone. And from all of us at Back to Podcast, I'm Ariel. I'm Caitlin. I'm Mary. Bye. Bye. See ya.